When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Central Florida is home to a group of guys who call themselves Spade Cooley. They're an Americana country southern rock band who borrows their name from the famed 1940s swing fiddler Spade Cooley. In this episode of Americana Music Profiles, I speak with fiddler Neil Phillips about the band, its roots, and their music. Hi, Neil. Welcome to the podcast this afternoon. How are you? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having us, uh, having myself, I should say, here. Yeah, uh, yeah. I appreciate it. Sure. So, a um, couple things. Uh, we were talking off air, and and I uh, had some couple things I wanted to ask you to talk about while we're while we're talking together for everyone else to hear. But um, maybe let's back up just a hair and um, let the folks know that um, uh, we are we are talking about your band Spade Cooley. Did I say that right? You sure did. Yeah. Yes, that okay. can be confusing. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell me a little bit about the obviously. Uh, you know, where did the name come from? How did you guys get together? Mm-hmm. What what kind of music? What are you about as a band? I'll tell you, it's a it's a long story. I guess uh, I'll try and truncate it though. Um, Spade Cooley. It's a nod to uh, an actual person, Spade Cooley from the 1940s. Uh, he actually has a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh, really? And cool. Yeah, he spells his name Spade, S-P-A-D-E, uh, C-O-O-L-E-Y. Uh-huh. And uh, he was a fiddle player, uh, swing fiddler uh, from the 1940s from Oklahoma, and had a band that had a variety show uh, akin to what Lawrence Welk used to have. Okay. And uh, they would broadcast this from the Santa Monica Pier out there in uh, Los Angeles. And uh, if you go out there to the pier today, you'll see a wall that kind of commemorates what Spade did there and hmm. whatnot. And, uh, yeah, so he he did very well uh, economically, uh, even for that time period yeah. with everything he was involved in. And he also uh, was a body double for Roy Rogers for oh, a lot cool. of his films. Yes. And uh, uh, this is going to get very dark very quickly, but uh, like <laughs> most musicians, <laughs> he was a little bit off, a little yeah. bit eccentric, and <laughs> prone to obsessiveness, if you, if, you know, what have you. And uh, he actually ends up uh, killing his own wife. Oh my! And uh, yes, because uh, and because that ends up uh, life in prison, and he's literally uh, in prison performing and uh, has a heart attack on stage wow. in the middle of a performance. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and this was the the name of the band came along actually before I ever joined and, and knew David, our lead singer, uh, who founded everything. And uh, he had gotten a suggestion from uh, one of his dad's friends. Uh, David Doors, the lead singer, and his dad's name is Dwight. 
And uh, Dwight is just now retiring from the Walt Disney World Company. He was uh-huh. the longest employee there. He he worked really? there over 50 years. Yeah, wow. came from California to help start uh, Disney World in Orlando. And uh, so he knew who Spade Cooley was. And one of his buddies, uh, who was like a second dad to David, said, hey, why don't you call it Spade Cooley and just spell it a little bit differently. It'll be a good conversation piece. And sure. if Spade's uh, story doesn't uh, uh, make you think of a, a country song gone wrong, then I don't know what will. So <laughs> uh, we thought, you know, it's, it's pretty dark, but uh, it's kind of a a lot like country songs. Everything's going well until it isn't. Right, so, right, yeah, okay. <laughs> and the name has stuck, yeah. So it's fun to joke about. Uh, we tell people at shows and whatnot, look us up, spadecooley.com. If you spell it wrong three or four times, you'll probably get it the fifth time, <laughs> uh, you know. So, And, you know, people make of the name what they will. Sure. Uh, a Cooley, you know, at my day job, I teach literature uh, and writing at Valencia College in Orlando. And a, a Cooley, it turns out, that was a derogatory term for the Burmese that the British had when they uh, huh. were in charge of uh, the Burmese Peninsula. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you have Spade, uh, you know, that can be derogatory. And then you, you know, uh, people think Cooley should be a collie, so they think we're called Spade Collie, like a dog. That's <laughs> right, <been> right. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, and that'll take you all kind of places you don't want to go. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's uh, So it's it can be controversial uh, at times and whatnot, and, uh, uh, but mostly it's it's been good. And uh, you know, the, the name does track some attention, so that's a good thing. So what is the uh, nature of the music that you guys play then? I, I saw where you've opened for Montgomery January and, and Kelly Pickler and 38 Special. And so co- th- those kind of lean towards the country, country rock, southern classic rock feel. Sure. Uh, as, uh-huh. a, as a band, what is, what is Spade Cooley? Uh, what's the flavor lean towards? Yeah, uh, that's a great question, and I, you know, I like to call it. We like to call it uh, Southern Swamp Rock, if you will. Oh yeah, okay. Um, yeah, you know, it's um, uh, all those things. Uh, you know, Thirty Eight Specials different from what Montgomery Gentry was, and we've opened for Charlie Daniels Band and and whatnot. So you know, it's a pretty wide breadth of of styles. Uh, we like to think of ourselves as Americana with blues rock and whatnot okay. thrown in and some, some country. Um, but with the makeup of the band, you know, we don't typically have a keyboard or a saxophone or anything like that. So if we cover somebody like Tom Petty or Credence, I'm doing the uh, the keyboards or their harmonicas or what have you uh, on the electric violin. So it's got that twang to your mm-hmm. traditional mm-hmm. classic uh, rock and whatnot. And then our original songs, which we're very proud of, uh, mostly come from David's life and background. Uh, uh, we're writing some things now uh, that are a little more contemporary and branch out, but the core of our music uh, is kind of from what uh, David experienced. Uh, you know, we joke between the two of us uh, being the two front people, if you will, for the for the band. Uh, we've got five wives and seven kids uh, among <laughs> us and that's just the ones we know about and, yeah, whatnot. Okay. and uh, people seem to get a kick out of that but yeah. um yeah it's based on uh, those kinds of things uh, uh heartbreak and love and loss and then maybe yeah. finding the person that uh, you can really hold on to and some of the songs uh, simply talk about what it's like growing up in florida uh you know what you might be doing on a weekend or a weeknight and uh we have some politically charged stuff in there too. We ain't blind is one of the cuts uh, mm-hmm. uh, where we encourage people to persevere and 
not put up with the things uh, the way things are and uh, you know make a change and maybe give back to those who aren't giving you what you need so uh, in a rough way and you mentioned Florida and I don't know if we said that yet that's where you guys are from is that has that mm-hmm. home for you and and all of you guys uh, for the most of your life it, it is now, and I would say, yeah, I've been here about 20 years, having come from uh, Pennsylvania by Delaware, and uh, David grew up here in Central Florida, and our and our bigger band, um, you know, the reality is in Central Florida and elsewhere, um, you know, if you're going to do a gig, you want to make a little bit of money so that it's worthwhile and sure. whatnot. So, yeah, David and I end up playing as a duo a lot of the time, sometimes a trio with our uh, other lead singer Maggie Leiden. And uh, but when we have the greater band at six or seven pieces, uh-huh. uh, that's when we're by far at our best. And uh, it's truly diverse. Uh, you know, we have uh, African American, Native American, uh, Puerto Rican, Cuban, wow. Caucasian. This is the makeup of the greater band. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, okay. you know, it's uh, it's uh, quite diverse and. Uh, you know, uh, some people are like, I can't believe you play country music, you know, to, uh, to, uh, our, uh, our one singer. And, uh, you know, because you would think, you know, oh, stereotypical, just Puerto Rican and salsa right, and all right, that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. But, yeah. uh, the thing about country music and Americana in uh, particular, it's for everybody. It's sure. got timeless themes and, uh, people can, uh, really relate to it once they start listening. So, uh, now our band it's quite diverse uh, and it makes it a lot of fun. Now you um uh with that much diversity in the band we were talking mm-hmm. a few moments ago about your um uh your songwriting it, does that uh does the diversity of the different folks in the band influence at all the flavor of the songs that you guys write for your original material? Absolutely, it does. Um, the single that we've been trying to push the most, uh, which we, you know, were able to budget to get the most professional recording of, uh-huh. it's called "A Hundred Years," uh, subtitled "Need," and um, that's when uh, we brought Natasha Delicio initially into the band as one of our uh, singers. Sometimes sings lead, does a lot of background vocals, and uh, she's got this soulful, energetic voice and uh you know we had had something like that before so uh it has become the most pop country song that we have and a lot of people gravitate to it so whereas the early tunes like stony cove if you will off the album are more uh grungy uh, country if you will uh this hundred years song is is much more something like you'd hear on sirius xm the highway much much more pop oriented so uh yeah i would say our our music's definitely evolving uh from you know the typical blues rock grungy type stuff that we used to have to you know a more contemporary feel and you mentioned the album what's the name of the album that's out Sure. Yeah, it's called Ashtray Change, and uh, that's a nod to two things. Uh, there's a, a track on the album called Ashtray Change. Uh, if you listen to the lyrics, it uh, talks about a relationship gone really bad, mm. and so badly that uh, you just get in your truck and you take off, and you didn't bring anything with you at all, and all you got left is that change in the ashtray. Uh, so it's an older truck because most trucks don't have anymore. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, and we felt uh, David and I thought we should name it Ashtray Change as well uh, because that was the song that we most collaborated on. Mm-hmm. Um, when he had originally written it, it was much slower, 
and it was called Half and Change, and then I edited it to call it Ashtray Change, sped it up, changed some lyrics here and there, and so that is the song on the album that underwent the most transformation. Yeah, so we thought, okay. you know what, uh, as partners in this, uh, let's name the album after that. Yeah, that's cool. How, how did you guys get together originally as a band? <laughs> yeah, social media for me. Um, huh. Originally, David uh, was in a band called Hazard County, with the nod to the Duke boys yeah. there. Um, yeah, many, many years ago, and uh, uh, they opened for Eric Church and uh, Blake Shelton and okay. before these guys were, were really huge, just more, about uh, more than 10 years ago. Cool. And, um, but David was the bass player and wanted to sing, so... He left that, moved to Tennessee for a bit, and then came back and started his own project, which became Spade Cooley. And uh, the, the makeup of the band has changed over the years due to the demands on the band members. Mm -hmm. And the original band was mostly uh, musicians who are full-time now at Disney. Okay. Uh, one plays in the Disney Main Street marching band. Uh, mm -hmm. The bass player, the original bass player, plays in... Uh, the uh, the jazz band at the Grand Floridian, and then the Garden Guardians of the Galaxy show at Epcot Center hmm. right now. Okay, uh, yeah, the lead guitarist uh, Tommy Cowton, he uh, used to be with a uh, a group called the Motels years ago, but he's constantly traveling, traveling and whatnot uh, with his different gigs and mm -hmm. jazz and whatnot. So it, it, even though they wanted to stay together as a band, uh, there were too many other commitments music wise that kept pulling folks away so uh as somebody would filter out new people filtered in and i was one of those people that came into the scene about four years ago uh, i was looking for a band to play in because i had played in delaware with a group called the finders uh, when i lived there and mm -hmm. it was so much fun having uh, done classical and then old time fiddling and whatnot and uh, I saw Spade Cooley on Facebook and heard a little bit of the music, and I just messaged David Dorr and said, hey, let's get together. I'd love to show you what I can do. Mm -hmm. And uh, the rest was history. Mm -hmm. So, uh, cool. you know, our, our band has been stabilized pretty much, I'd say, over the past three years, so we haven't really had any change in personnel. And, uh, and that shows uh, we can get together for various shows and whatnot and uh, be pretty tight pretty quickly. Yeah. You you were um, telling me kind of a, a an interesting aside uh, when we first uh, got together here a little bit uh, before we started mm -hmm. the, the show about your uh, experience with uh, uh, with the fiddle and um, sure and growing up. Tell me a little bit about that again. Well, I owe that to my parents. Uh, parents made me practice, and uh -huh. uh, and I've got my own kids now, and it's uh, I don't know how much I'm going to make decisions for them, but uh, the, the decisions my parents made musically uh, really helped out. Uh, I started playing when I was like six years old, and I had some great opportunities because I had individual instruction, and my mother played the piano, made me practice. Mm -hmm. And the local symphony orchestra in Altoona, Pennsylvania, uh, my teacher at that time, Doris Paisley, was the concert mistress, and they needed some more violins and whatnot. Uh, so she got me an audition, and it helped that she was my teacher and whatnot. Yeah. And I got into the second violin section <laughs> when I was 12 years old. Yeah, so I could barely see above the music stand huh. at the time. And uh, talk about intimidating, but yeah. also a great growth experience. And I, I did that till I was 22 years old. Uh, 
coming back from college even my freshman year so 10 years of of classical musical symphony experience uh, did wonders uh but then wanted to have fun as well learned the old time fiddler thing competed in Pennsylvania and West Virginia contests and whatnot hmm. and then started to do the band and the you know restaurant and bar venue thing with the finders down in Delaware and it's funny you know you get older and you want to be a full-time musician and but you're not sure where you stand yeah. and whatnot <laughs> and uh in 2007 it seems like yesterday but now it's 10 years or so ago uh I applied and got into uh, one of Mark O'Connor's uh, bluegrass fiddle camps in Nashville oh yeah cool. and uh I'll tell you you talk about an eye-opening experience uh, being around the people who taught the different classes, you know, O'Connor himself and yeah. a who's who of, of fiddlers. And then also, you know, you have these young kids, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, who are the state champions from Missouri mm-hmm. and Arkansas mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I just sat there looking at what they could do and learning tricks and whatnot. And it was very reassuring. You know, I wasn't the worst fiddler there. I wasn't the best fiddler there. I was mm-hmm. somewhere in between. Yeah. But um, you know, even with my age and expertise and whatnot, um, everybody that I talked to there agreed that you can, can carve out a niche. Uh, you know, sometimes it's not the talent you have, but the relationships that you can build and being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Sure. Yeah. Does that, um, how much of that style do you bring into, uh, Spade Cooley when you guys are beginning to put together your original tunes? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, that's very interesting um, because the original recordings, uh, even the recordings on the album that often have uh, lead guitar solos or keyboard solos, uh, those don't typically happen anymore. Usually I'm covering that on electric violin, sometimes mm. note for note, mm. just with a twang. So, yeah. yeah, you're right on with that. Um, you know, Especially if we play as a duo or a trio, uh, you know, with David and Maggie uh, singing lead, and they're both acoustic guitar players. You know, we don't have a lead guitar. We don't have uh, uh, saxophone or keys mm-hmm. or trumpets or anything. So I get to cover all that stuff, which yeah. is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes a lot of pressure to sure, come up with yeah. different things, too. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. no, I, I feel very fortunate uh, that rather than it being a utility instrument, it's it's become kind of the core, uh, one of the core instruments of the band. Mm, and even when cool. we do bring in, yeah, Michael Walker on lead guitar or whatnot, um, it will still trade solos often, uh, you know, back and forth, even if some of them were originally guitar solos. So it's been a, it's been a big, big influence, yeah. uh, you know, on, on how we do things going forth. What's a, what's a typical audience for you guys? Who do you find that your music resonates with the most? Ah, that's a great question too. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, gosh, it's, it's, it's people slightly younger than us, people our age, and of course, uh, people who are older than us too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, uh, we, we do appeal to the, uh, MTV generation, yeah, I'd say yeah. the, the, you know, millennials, uh, to a good degree, teenagers today, you know, our our poppiness and, and one or two of our tunes is attractive, but um, most of the places we play, uh, people are coming out who have money that they can spend. Uh-huh. So uh, it's not typical high schoolers who unfortunately would be a great audience to have, but not something that we uh, try, strive toward. It's more 
the the college age mm-hmm. person or the thirty something or the forty something. Um, and our music spans from Credence and Bob Seger covers uh, to our stuff that you know we've written ourselves about yeah. Florida and growing up here. So yeah. uh, it spans a lot of different styles and a lot of different uh, genres, if you will. So that's our that's our typical audience. Uh, it's uh, it's funny. I, I like to say it's people who have responsibilities. Uh, they're the <laughs> ones who kind of gravitate toward us. Yeah. And a great quote from. Uh, a couple came up to us after uh, playing at Runaway Country uh, a few months ago, which is a big festival in Kissimmee, Florida, and features your you know name younger artists like Brantley Gilbert and okay. Florida Georgia yeah. Line and all that. And uh, uh, the couple came up and said, "You know what? We like you guys the best." And we're like, "Why?" We're like, "Because you're real people with real problems." And I thought, <laughs> "You know what? I always thought that would hinder us." Yeah, you know? yeah, we're, yeah. We're far from uh, NSYNC or the Backstreet Boys. We're sure. two 47-year-old dudes and whatnot. You know, David's a little younger. He's about 44. And uh, with wives and families and day jobs. And then I thought to myself, you know what? That's that's kind of a, a strong quality. You know? yeah, it's something yeah, that people sure. can relate to. Yeah, so Sincerity, uh, we've yeah. Been, yes, yeah. So trying to focus on that sense. So, yeah, it's not uh, – yeah, our audience isn't – typically the person who's asking for an allowance it's the person who's bringing home the bacon yeah so. cool, cool. <laughs> so the album again is ashtray change where can Correct. folks get that get in touch with you guys maybe figure out where you're where you're playing if they're going to be mm-hmm. uh, in florida and want to catch catch one of your sets what's the best way to do that oh really appreciate that yeah um itunes has it of course uh Amazon. Uh, we'd love it if you'd stream us on Spotify, uh, on Pandora, any of the streaming services through Amazon Music. Heck, you can take your Amazon Echo or Amazon Spot and say, hey, you know, uh, Alexa, that's what her name is. Yeah. yeah Alexa, uh, <laughs> play some Spade Cooley for me or, and uh, she'll, she'll bring it up. It's there. I know that for sure. Cool. Um, yeah, you can you know can download the uh, the album through Amazon through iTunes if you wish uh, stream it. Um, our website, if you spell it correctly, uh, spadecooley.com, dot com. That's s p a y e d k o o l i e dot com. If you get it wrong, just Google it a couple times. Google will help you out, <laughs> and uh, you can get there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but that uh, our website typically has uh, music samples and tells you where we're going to be and. Uh, We've got a real big show coming up in a couple months at Okoe Founders Day. We're on a card with uh, three more popular bands than us, Runaway June, Scotty McCurry, and Jake Owen. So oh, yeah, we cool. feel pretty yeah. fortunate to be heading that. And, awesome. uh Yeah, I'm going to try and uh, be a presence at the Americana Music Association Conference in September and uh, uh, try and build some relationships there. And if there's an opportunity to tour sometime, that's uh, definitely what we want to do. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks, Neil. This has been great getting to hear more about you guys and your music, and we certainly wish you the best. Really appreciate it. Uh, thanks. Uh, I know I've been talking your ear off, but I've been smiling the whole time. Yeah, got to right. love music and uh, love love uh, talking about it. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.